Hi and welcome to What's Next. This is a new episode and as always, Andrea and I, we are your hosts. So enjoy this week's episode and we start right away. Have fun listening. Okay, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Fine, fine. Quite good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for me as well. Thank you. Okay, then we start with the first question. Please introduce your office. Who are you? We are um, Jan Sandova. Jan is actually the one on the other side of the screen. Um, we have an office in Belgium, um, a rather small scale office, um, which has mostly uh, focuses mostly on residential buildings. But we would, uh, we usually say that our office um, designs projects that um, are based on the environment. Where we do. Would you like to add something, Jens? No, I think uh, what Laurent says is quite uh, what uh, what we do. We work on uh, on two locations also in Flanders uh, because we had the, the feeling it was not uh, Laurent and me. We know each other from uh, from high school. Um, we started an office together with the idea to to make something. Uh, some good architecture that was the main idea but decided <laughs> not to be just in one place but uh, work uh, where we live um, and not just only in in one central place we we design at 110 kilometers uh, far from each other uh, but we don't have the feeling that that uh, bothers us uh, very much so you are actually friends Yeah, indeed. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. Really good friends. Yeah, yeah, really nice and beautiful architecture. I yeah. saw your project on the website. Really beautiful. But we will come back later to this. Mm -hmm. Normally, we start the interview with some warm-up questions. Mm -hmm. Personal warm-up questions. Like, first question, what's your favorite drink? Alcoholic, non-alcoholic? Uh, dark and stormy. And alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would also say alcoholic, and then maybe you can uh, Negroni call it. Uh, that's maybe my favorite. Okay, but it's not a favorite drink, cocktail, something specific, like gin tonic. Well, Negroni is the same. Negroni ha doesn't have a, so uh, a soda or water with it. It's only uh, Campari, um, Vermouth and gin. Okay. Next question. If you could develop a skill overnight, what would you wish for? Anything. Well, I would actually once like to fly. I think it would be very nice to have the ability to fly. Um, yeah, I think it's a very different kind of feeling, um, except of how we are actually yeah, we, uh, play, uh, move ourselves into the world. Do you dream sometimes that you could fly? I did. I know. I didn't have a dream yet on how it's uh, how it would feel to be. And feel. then you wake up and you say, "Oh, that yeah, was no, just a dream." I never had that, but I guess it's quite <laughs> exciting. <laughs> maybe tonight after yeah, we talked yeah, about maybe. it. And you, Jens? Uh, well, flying uh, should also be be very great. Maybe the power to move Earth should be nice to uh, to make some. Uh, It's a really handy tool, I guess, to make some models. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But uh, it's a crazy idea, but uh, a skill overnight, I think, uh, not that difficult. Uh, not that easy. No. To answer now right away about... What would you like to have? Yeah, that's, not a, that's a, a difficult question, I guess. Yes. Uh, the question is also, does it need to be realistic or not, the skill? No, no, it doesn't need to be realistic. No. Then to move, move Earth would be would be great. Like like you have like the the Earth Masters in the Avatar or something like it. I don't know. <laughs> Just okay. create the idea. Really good answer. And now last question: What's your favorite hobby besides architecture? 
I would actually say that it's whining and dining. I like to do sports, but I also like to have a good time with friends and drink and eat something. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's uh, the same time. Uh, as, as, you two uh, together. Yeah, yeah, as well. <laughs> Not that much, to be honest, but... Uh, no, but we have the... Uh, the yeah, the yeah Actually, every week in the office, we kind of do a drink, um, even though we're far away from each other. We have, like we do with you now, um, a remote uh, drink in the office with the people that are in Lokeren and then the people that are in Vastutur. Uh, connected to our uh, through the internet exactly. fridays yeah. 1 p.m yeah yeah we don't start at 1 p.m <laughs> a little bit early but no indeed or late or late yeah i don't know but uh no it's great just to wine dine it's part of uh, maybe a little bit part of our culture mem even in uh in flanders i don't know yeah, especially now during this time, I think it gets way more important to get together. And even if it's just through Skype or whatever, to have a nice dinner together or a drink and talk. And yeah, just to, to be normal, talk about normal things. Also, yes. we, we try to look for it. If, if Laurent and I, we see each other, not to talk about architecture that much because there are still some other things in life than, <laughs> than just architecture. Good point. Really I'm good actually point. quite lucky. My, my wife has nothing to do with architecture. So when I'm home and I'm with the kids and, and with my wife, I, I ne we never talk about architecture. The topic really? is forever. <laughs> Yeah, but actually with us, it's the same. We barely talk about architecture, even though... It's we're... not actually true, but... I don't try... talk about architecture. <laughs> okay, for me, it's a bit harder, but I mean, we try to separate the two things. Indeed. No, I think it's really important. Otherwise, it never stops. Exactly, yeah. because the life of me, architecture is really important, but it's also important to have a good balance mm -hmm. and not be always focused on that. And it's already hard to have a good balance when you're an architect. Exactly. We, everywhere you we are, all agree you on this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now back to the architecture. I mean, <laughs> so you're a young architecture office. Uh, what's your philosophy? Well, as, as, as I already um, explained a little bit, it's uh, maybe I should start with explaining a little bit how where our name comes from. Eh? We have the name Top Architecture, and Top actually comes from the Greek word uh, Topos, which actually means mm -hmm. uh, place. Yeah. So for us, a place where we do uh, where we do and and make projects is very important. That's the starting point of what we do. Yeah. I think that this already explains a lot. Also, it's and I didn't. I think we both said, you know, I mean, of course, we noticed the name, but we didn't notice, and this it's really interesting. So, all your philosophy come between the relationship between the place, so topos, yeah. and okay, indeed. The funny f fact, as well, is that in Belgium, in, in the west of Flanders and the east of Flanders, where we both are, top actually also means together. Yeah, so it's okay. like how you say it's like slang of, of being together. So in these two two dialects, so there was a a, a second uh, meaning of our name, of course. It's a, a double layer because yeah. we we didn't want to have it. Also, um, we wanted to work together, but we didn't want an office that had our name. To be honest, because for us, uh, also the the employees we have and the people we work with or are as important as we are so we don't feel it it has to belong to us it's more something in general a kind of philosophy a way of working a way of thinking yeah mm -hmm. do your employees appreciate that we hope so <laughs> <laughs> do they know that <laughs> Uh, we actually now they can listen that. to the episode exactly. and then they know. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> we will get back to that later. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think they appreciate it because it's also um, the the way we work. Uh, we have like the Friday drink, but that's about uh, just getting together, not about architecture. But we also have our moments that the whole the office, the two offices, come together and discuss uh, architecture, discuss our projects. Because we have like the, the philosophy, the more eyes you have on a project, the, the, um, the less blind spots you have on a project. Because every, everybody has his uh, history, his, his view on architecture. If everybody gives his opinion 
we think the the, pro, the project only gets better. Yeah, this is connected also to the next question I would like to ask. So, for example, how do you start a project? Is there a set of rules you stick to? Or, I don't know, would you like to explain the process with an example or some? Well, we actually start the project, of course, with having a brief with uh, the, the, the future um, client or the client at the moment. And then um, we ask them what they want. But we also like to know how they live, for example. And for us, it's actually quite important. If we have the, the fact that the place where we want to build is very important, but also the people who will live in there. Um, in our projects, we actually quite often see that the, they are very different because of the people we work for. Um, we don't stick to rules in our projects. The only rule in, in a way is that we want to try to make good architecture. Uh, mm -hmm. We will never take a project that doesn't uh, give, uh, give us a feeling where we can uh, do interesting things or where we have the feeling that the client doesn't want to uh, um, doesn't want us to put all effort we can put in in there. Um, that's something we never do. Okay. And what exactly do you mean by good architecture but that's a very difficult that's, that's, a, very, yeah. uh, that's a question <laughs> that i think we can solve the whole day with it but for us it's kind of one of the important things in our project is actually the detailing where we go mm -hmm. very far in it um yeah but is that good architecture i don't know uh, um for us good architecture is also uh, but that's also um yeah, it has to do with how people feel in their buildings. Uh, if, if our client after some years and we see them, we haven't seen them and we see them back and we, we ask how they are and they say they, they, that they are very um, happy with, with where they live, that's actually for us making good architecture. The best compliment also. Yeah. So let's say that the first step is to have a relation, a connection with the clients, understand yeah. their lifestyle, yeah. what they need and then start the first process. But for example, if the client, this is probably also about good architecture, if the clients had some priority that is not agree with your way of thinking, I don't know, in the residential can be like, I don't know, uh, elevator in one house or something like you don't agree, it's just an example. How do you deal with that? How much is important the idea and the priority of the client and how much is the uh, your idea that you have about something in the architectural process so if you are not agree on something that the clients really wants how do you deal with that that's how that's we, yeah that's also difficult because we we try to work around it we, we are convinced that you also when you have the first meeting there has to be a click also you have to be a connection uh, in between if if that uh, with with the first meeting, if we are too far apart, it's better not to start uh, uh, the project together because you're uh, you're together on this adventure maybe uh, for one, two, three years together, and if there isn't a click, that's already a, a difficult uh, thing. But it's true sometimes in, in in the process of the designing, there are some uh, problems that that uh, occur. On, on philosophy or, or no matter what. But we also try, we do that with the first meeting, but also um, when we have the project, we try to understand also why people want something because we try to read between the lines what, what, what is really the problem and what should be really the, the, the solution. And uh, I agree that's not a, uh, an, easy, <laughs> an easy thing. Mm -hmm. No, I believe. So if they say we really want those five columns in front of the house, do you do it or not? No, I think on the, <laughs> on, on the architecture thing, what, what's quite interesting is that in a way that architecture has, it's very far from what people usually understand. Mm -hmm. So um, for us, when the discussion, I, one of the things that we often say to each other is that we lose the color of the kitchen and the color of the bathroom. But that's fine for us. If we only lose that, and we can do the rest of what we want and, and making the details right and making the, the house feeling as it should be, then we don't mind about the color of the kitchen. But what's more important is, as you say, that if, if they want to say, if they say, for example, 
we want these five columns and we think it's 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 yeah actually stupid to do so we will actually tell them and but we want we we will maybe not directly tell them but propose something which is more interesting that they don't need to think about these five columns so the bigger picture is more important than fighting about the color of the kitchen or the bathroom yeah indeed we will, we will always try yeah yeah <laughs> being yourself always to try but yeah. yeah but sometimes you just have to accept and see okay but we did the big picture yeah and if the, and, and if all the <laughs> is fine then we can if it doesn't break the house also or or the building or it's or it's just a matter of or taste yeah mm -hmm. that's not a big thing if if we talk about clients you are a really young architecture office first why did you want to become self-employed and second who was your first client well our first clients that's that's actually quite easy they were friends and that's mm -hmm. I, I think mm -hmm. that's with most of the offices how it starts and yeah it's seriously I'm, like this yeah and you keep the friendship yet yeah yeah worked quite often with friends and none of the projects actually exploded so um that's okay. quite fine right? um but why did we be, want to become self-employed that's uh, maybe a more difficult question i think jens and i had a very good relationship in school as well when doing architect we're, we're very different both of us are very different but uh, very complementary as well so um maybe it was because of we had some friends asking us to do projects um at, at one point it became too much projects to handle ourselves or to handle while working for another office um and then you have to jump in a way and we don't you you never know if it's uh, if that's going to work but so far we're quite happy have you ever been afraid of do this jump no maybe not you're, I, you're, you're of course always a little bit doubting to do so but um no maybe not because we had both of us had a good relationship where we worked before and we, i'm quite sure that if it wouldn't have worked that we could maybe go back okay. yeah because as, a, as an architect you, do, you don't know you do not need that much of investments you need yourself your creative uh, brain and your uh, your time in the beginning a lot of time goes, yeah. goes to waste but yeah uh both uh Laurent and me were very motivated i guess we we uh always had the, the late night and still have the late night calls uh we designed together we do everything together and it, it simply works that's why also uh when you need need to do this on your own mm -hmm. i guess you have have a lot of more doubts now we were in this together so you fight your fight your way through together also you're always support yeah and it makes a good balance between mm -hmm. when you're already with two it makes a good balance mm -hmm. so you would suggest young people or not so young people who want to be self-employed not too much of thinking just doing and then if you don't risk you can't win yeah indeed Yes, that's for sure. But I think that's with everything, even if it's architecture or something else. If you never, if you don't try, I mean, it, I think most of the the people in that that do great things in the world, they ha have been falling. So it's it's okay to fall, and it's okay to learn from what you you didn't do right. And and yeah, so in a way, we weren't scared to to do so. That sounds really good. I'm always a little scared, and then I overthink. And then yeah. I can't sleep. But if busy, <laughs> I think that also this is part of the process. If you're not scared, you don't have adrenaline. You are not really um, motivated. Yeah, you're not trying hard enough. I think you always need some fear. Otherwise, I mean, would be too easy. Yeah. But this is yeah. point of view. Unfortunately, because I also overthink, and but. <laughs> Yeah, so we both overthink. Yeah, but the good, the good thing with this is when we start to overthink, think we we also have each other, and then the other comes with another eye, and the other from the offices. So, yeah, we don't we, we try not to overthink too much. Is it possible to do home office in your office? Yeah, we are, but we are at home, both of us. Ah, 
Ah. Why? After all this stall, do you want to apply? <laughs> <laughs> do you need someone? <laughs> We can always use people. <laughs> okay, but that's a good point. So the future... And which is the relation in the first step, so in the concept between you and your employees? Do you honestly, um, do they take part to this first design process or on the first step, it's something that um, starts between you two and then it's shared with your employees? I think that's mostly how it works. Mostly, most of the time, Sianz and I will go to the site. Uh, okay. we, we will first go with the client. Later on, we go... Um, on our own without a client because it's more more interesting to talk about the site when we're when the client's not there and because yeah. we see other things than then probably they do and then both of us kind of start to make a sketch it can, that can be very rough on what our first thoughts are mm-hmm. then first feelings even sometimes yeah yeah first feelings indeed and then we, we get together, we, we put them together. And at that point, we get the employees come in as well. And we both have our, our first sketches, our first ideas. And then we, we, we Jens and I come together. The employees come with, it, come with it. And then we start to discuss about it. Why? So there, yeah. You know, go on. No, is always the sketch some volumetrical sketch or can be also like a feeling, like a line? Yeah. Uh, or, okay. What yeah. program do you use? For sketching, the pencils, paper and pencils. This. Yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. And then if you if you draw AutoCAD, ArchiCAD, Revit, Rhino. Yeah. We are we use AutoCAD. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, we actually the pencil is our main friend in the beginning. That's what we work with. Uh, we always have a lot of problems with AutoCAD, right? And sometimes. <laughs> and why? <laughs> I mean, we used to work with Revit, so sometimes when we need to use AutoCAD, it's a bit tough. Ah, yeah, okay. But AutoCAD, let's say, is old school a bit sometimes, but mm-hmm. old but gold, I would yeah. say. Because yeah. if you really need uh, to draw something, sometimes it's helpful to have Revit ready model, but especially in a smaller scale, mm-hmm. it's not that important. I think that if you make a plan that you can easily read, a plan that is really communicative, you don't need so many tools, so many 3D or so many rendering. No, we, tr- we actually try to, to propose and present often projects only with sketches, models, and mm-hmm. um, most of the times the 3D render comes after, our, uh, after the design is already done. Mm-hmm. Because we have the feeling, the main advantage for us, I think, with, with AutoCAD is also you just draw lines. You don't draw walls already. You need to decide which which interior uh, material you need, which exterior material you need, and it it um, so it doesn't also limit us in our way of thinking. We don't start with we want a, a building in concrete. We want a building in wood. It's like we 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 only need to focus on how the plan is made, what we see, how is the environment and not really on the materials. If you start designing on, on the Revit, mm-hmm. I think you you already need to decide the details, the, the materials, and that's like a, a kind of freedom we still want to keep till the till the end. Yeah. And you already free- lock yourself in a cage of mental, mental cage that you have to work with Revit, for example. Mm. Yeah. You lose a bit of freedom. Yeah, yeah for that's us, what we like think. That. Yeah. yeah, that's for mm-hmm. us how it feels. But we are, it's also the same with why, why that we use sketches instead of um, renders often is that because of the client, when you start to, put, to, to have a 3D model and a render to present them, then they lose all of their imagination. They start to feel uh, maybe, maybe they don't like the color, maybe they don't like a chair that's in the model. While if you make sketches and your sca- your ch- chair d- doesn't look as a chair should be, they don't mind. They know that it's a chair. And they also expect more and more and more because they think, oh, it was so easy for you to do. So yeah. we want to see more. Yeah. And then, for example, I did a render with Enscape and we send it to the client and he was like, yeah, okay, that's good for the first impression. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Okay. 
<laughs> and actually what you see what you say it's right because sometimes the client which are not used to 3d or to render if they see some render they focus on some small object that it's not important actually that yeah, that's not the case exactly so maybe they talk about the chair that you put in the render that it was there just for show the scale of the mm -hmm. project and then it was so actually this is yeah it's an aspect that it's uh, really true that's why we push the, the 3d images really at at the end because uh, you, you start with the big scale and you go smaller and smaller and smaller when we do that with uh, we still work a lot uh, with models also mm -hmm. And there we feel you, you, you still have a, you still need a lot of imagination, but you already have like the scale. You, you don't need the materials right away, but you give the clients something they understand, but mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people that cannot read any plans, to be honest, no. but you give something they can understand. They can take with them something physic and paper. And what's also true is that the model also gives the, you can't lie with the model. A very easy thing is to lie with a 3D model. You can, yes. uh, with the camera can get wider, um, but it's also true that if, if, if someone looks into a model that they, they have the feeling like you're, when, you're in, yeah, when you're in your office, for example, now as well, what's behind you and what's in front of you, that's something you notice. When you look into a model, you do that as well. In a 3D model, they don't know that. They, they really start to lose where they are. They, they, their imagination is gone and they just focus on one image. While yes. it's actually on the, the spatial concept issues. That's, that's true. But if we talk about home office, uh, model making, renders, how do you imagine the future living and working place? Like with this home office topic, will those two worlds come together at some point and we just stay at home and come together once a week maybe to talk in some rented room because we we saw that uh, we we were actually um our offices had the scale and we both have them at home and uh, our offices uh, we actually worked already remote jens and i and we had this 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 um, way of working but um, what we saw with our employees is that the moment that they need to work at home, that they really start to lose the feeling with the office. They don't feel um, sometimes the stress, the stress that's there, the, the fun that's there. So the, 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 um, I, the dedication to the office starts to, to decrease. And while it's actually better to um, bring them in. I'm not sure that we I, like like before, like the big offices, and they all have now of, um, um, possibilities to work at home and in some other um, branches. It's prob probably possible, but I think we I, we felt their need to come to the office at some point. I guess we are we are all social beings, and we we can have a little part that is digital and and remote. But I, I don't think it will fill the the whole gap. No, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of reading. It's it's a, it, the reading in between the lines with people when you're together is is very important, and you lose that working uh, digital. Maybe in the future when we have these kind of uh, glasses and we sit in the same uh, room where we, we we think we feel each other, maybe that would help. But I'm I'm not sure. That's true. The virtual reality glasses, you mean? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm impressed that you can actually allow yourself to take so much time for this first steps of designing something, like really taking time, drawing, thinking about, because we had also a lot of examples where there's basically no time to do so and you have to be fast 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 and there's the deadline they're coming so this process of actually creating something beautiful and individual gets lost at some point mm -hmm. do you think this will also happen to you at one point we hope not because yeah. that's, we actually we, we say no to projects when we have no time so or we say people that they need to wait mm-hmm and if they don't want to wait, yeah, then it's a pity. But uh, as you say, we, we don't want to do project half. Yes, 
No, I I can I like this really straightforward opinion. It's always yes. quality over quantity. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and it's the not, most, not always that that easy, but yeah, try yeah. that kind. Yeah, of sometimes thing. it's hard to say no, mm-hmm. but it's better mm-hmm. uh, to do something with high quality and good instead to do a lot. Yeah, project just to do it. And yeah. just another question about this: How important is the materials choice in your um, design process. So you talk about the relation with the land, obviously, with the client. So do you have any particular material that you like to use, probably related to the territory of Belgium or Flanders? Oh, that's a good question. If I can add something, maybe also if you look to the side of climate change, and climate crisis whatever do you do you think about this a lot when you choose materials or is it no here would fit a really good concrete house or how important is that well, we both have a love for concrete so that's a little bit of a pity eh? we, we both have a <laughs> love for concrete um, end of discussion <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay no but it's often uh, it's it's mm, we think about that, but um, we, we try, try to make balance. Yes, yeah, indeed. And um, but it also has to do. For example, we did a, a project where we had a. Re- it's a very big transformation of a house, and then we really start to think: Okay, how can we get this this house future proof? Eh? Because it was an old house, not insulated. Um, then there's ways to, ha- to to for example say no, we don't want to to um, touch the foundation and and make it bigger just because of the. Um, the building skin that that's, that gets bigger, and that that brings us to to for example in that project to a choice of having a wooden building facade. Eh? Um, yeah, the, so Jens and I both have kind of um, a love for buildings which are kind of massive because of the thermal. How you say it? In, it's uh, inertia, inertia. I think the, the the building mass is quite important to have um, a a nice. I, Inner climate, inner climate, but yeah, we think about it, but it's very difficult sometimes at some points. Um, yeah, we're maybe we're not the ones at that point that say that okay, we can't use concrete anymore. Mm-hmm. We talk about this a lot, to be honest, because it's something it's it's gonna change, it's already changing, it's 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 on the roll, but we, we don't have the feeling that, that uh, the one answer is better than, than the other. Um, if you use the, the materials on the right way, we guess we, you, can do, you can do better. For example, uh, um, a concrete building that with, with the mass we have, you have like uh, an, uh, uh, the humidity, but also the temperature is regulated by the mass of the concrete. For us, this can be better than like a wooden structure that need a lot of ventilation, like a lot of uh, air conditioning, where you where you don't have like the the uh, carbon dioxide uh, exposure at uh, at the first step of the material, but you have it later. Mm. For us, it's it's all in balance. Yeah, um, and it's, it's it's something we uh, we often talk about because also I, in, in for yeah, mostly in in Belgium with uh, I mean we are often quite um, how how we say it jealous about uh, the the houses in for example Vooralberg where they say that they are passive houses and they have a lot of glass and so on. In Belgium, making a passive house with a lot of glass is actually impossible because of the rules. Um, but we also have the the. Uh, our philosophy is as well that, for example, people who have a lot of daylight in their house, they also get more um, happy. More happy people actually also means that there's less people that need to go to um, maybe how we call it a mentalist or to the clinics because they are depressed. That actually has a very big social cost. So it's for us, it's when we say that our clients that in a lot of projects, when it's a great day in their house, they never should put on a light except for if, if at night. Mm-hmm. So and living with the, with the seasons, with, the, with, with, with your area, with, with natural light is also very important to us. And, and may, yeah, maybe one of the main focuses for us. For us also, uh, ecology or, or uh, climate change uh, awareness 
also has to do with 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 the base. Uh, a good plan can make is more ecological than like a bad plan for us. So it doesn't. It's multi-layered. It's the. It's not only materials. It's not only plan. It's not only techniques. It's not only insulation. It's a combination of all those mm -hmm. those kind of things. If you make a good building that lasts 100 years, or you make a bad a bad building that will be uh, destructed after 20 years, you already have advantages on on that level also. Mm -hmm. At that point, I would like to ask for your opinion of artificial intelligence towards architecture because there are those algorithms that give you like 10 or 20 possible situations how your house can be built what's the mm -hmm. best what do you think about this well for me i think the artificial intelligence can be an important an, an interesting tool in the fact that if you have a very difficult pro program it starts to kind of uh, make the relationships between what might be um, needed or possible. But one of the things that I don't think artificial intelligence can do right now is actually put emotion into things. For ar artificial intelligence, yeah, it will give you 20 possibilities, but it, w it won't tell why one is maybe better or more interesting than another, I think. We never used it eh, so far, um, just because we, we think yeah, that the emotion or the your own creativity um, can be interesting to put in a project. Well, I guess the the software works on on like the par the parameters or the the everything you put in it, but it cannot already it cannot read between the lines. And maybe that's that's the the thing you need in architecture because the client that is in front of you doesn't know what he wants really. Mm -hmm. He knows. Does does he even know how he lives? No, maybe also not. So you, you need that kind of information in between also. And we guess it's not that easy with arti artificial artificial intelligence. Uh, but we're for sure that artificial uh, intelligence will help us with. Uh, it will make the the world to get smaller. Uh, I guess. Uh, that you can easily conversate with uh, with with you guys, for example, in the same language that you that you have like a software in between that translates everything directly, uh, that puts things that are parameters really into uh, into maps. But we we have the feeling that the emotion. I I, I don't think we are that far already. No. But I also don't, I, I, I think it's, at the moment it, it helps us I, or it's changing our lives in a lot of things, um, artificial intelligence. But on the, on the other hand, right now, you see that there's a, a, at one point people go towards that. But on the other hand, also people try to get away from that at some points. Uh, so mm -hmm. the, 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 the ability to escape from that is important for people. But, and you can also see that in the fact that we, we have the feeling that the crafts in some way are coming a little bit more back. Uh, so you have the artificial intelligence that helps you in some points, but the craftsman that does, uh, that, that does um, something in what I, that does something with his hands comes uh, comes back again. So we we yeah we have the feeling that it's it's getting both ways, and one strengthens the other. So I have the big fear that maybe seventy or eighty percent employees of an big office will be in the next I don't know 10, 20 years out of jobs because because artificial intelligence could easily do what what we do there because most of the time it's just drawing details for example mm -hmm. that you can program and what happens yeah. to us <laughs> because this is so how can we prepare ourselves that uh, that there's also a place where where we can stay what do you think how can we protect or prepare but I, maybe you're right that in some points, uh, like you say, the for example, for the rendering, uh, yes. that actually you don't need people. Uh, no. But having uh, yeah, the, the crafts, the materials on the right thing, I think we kind of need people to to do that, to do but so. Those are the, the really rare 
creative heads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we yeah. cannot all be the one really amazing creative head. So, but it's interesting what is going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess also with uh, artificial, artificial intelligence, you also has like the self-learning systems, but they always need input. It's never like you have the button on the computer and solve it. It will. It always need to be written also artificial intelligence so i guess maybe also there you need people you that give the right kind of information there. but it's true as you say um, i mean these people in a way don't need really to be architects in a way they it's uh, if they are ITers, it's more uh, it's it's they can do the programming yeah it's a good question if even the big offices because i don't think that will happen in our office because we are uh, too small and too close towards a, a project but it's maybe true that in these big offices people that um, make the 3d models um, yes. that that do the renderings that yeah, make them the, the physical models they in in a way it's possible to replace them but to me as well, even a physical model made by hand by someone is, is most of the time more beautiful than, than a, a, a model that is that's done by computers. Okay. Yeah, it's all, I think it's always a matter of choice. It's like you can get the benefit of some artificial intelligence, but it's like when you buy some industrial piece, you will always enjoy the feeling of something handmade. Mm -hmm. So let's say that anarchy, I mean, if I go to you guys because I want that you made a house for me and they want that you reflect the feeling and the needs that I have for this house, it can never be something comparable to uh, a product done by an artificial intelligence. But of course, this, as you say, it can be related in your case, residential building, you want the help and you wanted an architect and someone that you choose help you in this process. Of course, in a bigger scale office that for other kind of typology of building then can be uh, tough. But, but we'll, we will I see. I think you're right that it's actually also a matter of choice. That if you're the head of that company and you think about only about um, numbers and, and getting as product, uh, the productivity as high as possible, then of course artificial intelligence might help it, that. But I'm wondering how many different buildings you will make because then you will kind of choose one language between the artificial exactly. intelligence and I'm not sure that that will last forever. I don't know, I'm probably naive or too romantic, but yeah. I think that artificial intelligence can never replace no. some real physical person at least in my point of view. Of course, in the optic of a, a company that works with numbers, that might be different. Mm -hmm. But we will discover. Yeah, I think uh, an architect is creative enough to, to adapt. Maybe we have the, the same. It's For me, it's not something that can be stopped. It, will, it, no. it is coming and it is right over there. But maybe they, uh, with the first uh, version of AutoCAD, they had the same feeling. You, you, you need less people because you, you work more productive when you, uh, when you design something with AutoCAD. We have adapted to that. I guess uh, maybe I'm on the, the same course <laughs> as you, uh, too romantic maybe. We will adapt also. Do you think the meaning of being an architect has to be changed that's uh, the question is how what's the meaning of being an architect again very difficult yeah, <laughs> very difficult question you, because you i guess because you work in an environment that is in change uh society people uh ages whatever you also need to adapt to that kind of change and how do you do that? Is that just done by, I don't know, if you want to design in, in those days, really, how you say good architecture, don't you have to be also a physic or a biology professor or chemist or designer or whatever, all together wrapped up in one? Or you work interdisciplinary? 
the whole day because well, I, I think, think architects only do just really small things of everything yeah that's true so you, you it, it's true in a way you you have to uh, uh, surround yourself with people that have knowledge about things that you don't know um, mm -hmm. in, in the buildings are so much technique uh, there's, there's so much techniques for now in buildings that that it doesn't actually it's necessary Maybe too much. As, yeah as an architect you don't need to know everything about plumbing about um, so you need to surround yourself with with, with people. Um, yeah, I think it, you, you need to do that. Not only intern, I mean, in the office, you need to surround yourself with good people, but also on the on the working site because otherwise it doesn't it doesn't happen. It it stays on paper. You need to always motivate everyone. You need to uh, explain. You need sometimes even pushing pushing the lines or pushing the people somewhere they never been just to see well just to see what happens and also trust is an important um weight in this process i don't know do you always work with the same engineers no because uh, what you say is true we 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 try to to um to tell our clients that the pro a building a good a building process which is interesting and 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 nice to have is done with people who always who uh, with the the view in the same direction and that all all really want to do that project it doesn't make sense to have a project where it starts with a fight for example with and 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 a, uh, a constructor that for example says yeah i think it, we should do it this way most of the time we have a really good reason, for example, that if a building detail that we'd want to do it that another way, that's because of uh, we have a reason for that. Uh, on the other hand, we don't need to be, uh, if, if someone that does plumbing or, for example, ventilation says, for I think it, this is a better system, we will always listen, uh, most of the time listen to them because they are the specialists in what they do. Uh, mm -hmm. But trust, trust, and having fun on a project, I, 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 yeah, that, that's really coming together in a way. We're always trying to make a team. Uh, yeah. Everybody's there with the same reason uh, to make a good project. Uh, and, and building is about emotions. Uh, it's always there's some problems here. It goes, it, uh, there's a lot of costs in it, financial, yeah, also for the, for the clients. So you need to deal with those kind of emotions. And, and, and Let's say the emotions are different in the whole process. Only yeah. a good emotion at the end, but the process itself, it's, uh, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm really sorry, but I have to go back to artificial intelligence. One uh, last question. <laughs> then I stop. <laughs> and I really stop. Okay. But can you imagine a way how artificial intelligence can help us solve the climate change or help us? Because it's right here, it's now happening, and nobody's doing anything. So, how can you imagine a way of artificial intelligence helping us with that? Well, I actually think that artificial intelligence can mean a lot in that because the investigation in materials, uh, like like the discussion about concrete, for example. Now, we know that in Belgium there there are uh, it's it's um, engineering offices. They are working on building a house now without any cement in the concrete, uh, um, yeah. and. I think in that kind of way, there's a lot of uh, artificial intelligence can can mean a lot because they're faster in 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 yeah, thinking and, and calculating these kind of things. Can you say the name of this office? Uh, I think it's Mouton doing it right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is, no, this is just like personal curiosity. We can. Yeah, yeah, because I'm quite curious as well right now because oh, okay. uh, we, yeah, yeah. So, but it's true. I think there it's uh, and and what's also good is that, for example, the artificial it it should help us on an easy way to to kind of create something where we can see that if we do building, that's where where our products come from, if, and also calculate the cost and the ecological cost of that because. We get materials, and they, they they sometimes say they're quite local, but we don't really know that. And if they is every if everything would have a stamp and it's tracked on the rev, on the right way, you could also find a lot more in that. Yes, because we produce so much trash. All those batteries for electric cars. The the process of doing them is so. It's I I don't really get the 
No, but it's it's uh, and for example in Belgium we have the uh, now we're moving everything to electricity, and so every everybody needs to have this photovoltaic um, elements on their roof, for example. But they they say that they are green, but on the other hand they are never green because the no. materials that are in there are not green at all. So there's a bit that that's a bit and and then these houses where they have a lot of these things, and suddenly these are ecological houses. But if you calculate the real ecological cost of such a house it doesn't make sense to put them on the roof exactly or now we have we're not allowed to put 20 centimeters of insulation on the facade now it has to be 30 and then it's a really ecological house but no it's not the no. process of producing this insulation in china is just horrible <laughs> i'm not sure where this is going and, and who does those rules and it's true, these rules, and, and that's why we also not, uh, we, we, we make, in a way, it's, it's, as we say, quite energy neutral houses, uh, as they are called in Belgium, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, but we have passive houses, but not something you, we, it's not something we want to brag with or, or is part of our brand. Uh, it just, it's logical. Uh, we think, as an architect, to think about the, the, the questions of today. But for example, we we also never over insulate because air having one in in Belgium it's with it, it's with points and then you can start to to add more insulation and then, then your points get down. But the uh, you need to have a lot of more insulation to get really little points getting down. So then then we say no, it doesn't make sense to do it because yeah. the, the ecological cost of insulation is a lot higher than just having what we need. That's true. And I really love your project. Thank you. I thanks. must say again. And I also love the office. Um, the office house that you did. Yeah. I really, it's really nice. But that's nice for us. For everyone the... who's listening to this podcast to check out your website yeah, because it's you. really beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so then last question. What is architecture for you personally? I know you said a lot, but maybe if you sum it up in one or two sentences, I know it's hard, but maybe. Yeah, I would say that maybe it's buildings that kind of um, evoke or strengthen, for me then, positive emotions uh, for the visitor or inhabitants. Nice sentence. Yeah, I agree completely <laughs> with that <laughs> sentence. The answer was too good. We have to just to agree. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that I cannot go over that for that for yeah. sure. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much thank for you. being on the show. You're welcome. Yeah, we thanks. were really lucky that you said yes finally. Yeah, <laughs> and that you had finally time. Yes, indeed. No, thank you for your interest. Thank you for having us. Of course, it was a pleasure. Thank you. This was this week's episode. We really hope you liked it as much as we did. If you have comments, suggestions, critic, please let us know. And till next time on What's Next. Ciao, ciao.